Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited for you to hear episode number 59 of our podcast. You're going to hear from Chase Wheaton. Chase spent most of his childhood growing up in Brenham, Texas, which is also the home of uh, my wife, Sarah. He is currently the head baseball coach in Pearland, Texas, which is in the Houston area. His first time head coach, just starting the season. He's married. They have three kids, seven, four, and three. And just got an incredible testimony of how God used a difficult situation with one of his, his kids to bring him closer to Jesus. And he used his high school baseball coach as the person to point him to Jesus in a tough time. So it just shows the power and the influence of coaches today. I'm so excited for you to hear from Chase. He is a solid man of faith. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Chase. Uh, thanks for having me, Stuart. You bet, you bet. So I always like to start off these uh, episodes of, of our podcast just with uh, you just sharing a little bit about your story because obviously a lot of listeners may not be familiar with who you are. So I thought it'd be good if you talk a little bit about where you're from, your family growing up, what sports you played growing up, since we'll talk through um, a lot of sports here later on in this conversation. So, uh, yeah, just share a little bit about your background. Sure. Uh well, I was uh, raised in Brenham, Texas. I was actually born in Oklahoma and, uh, you know, raised by a single mother. She decided to move back to her hometown. Uh, we spent about two years in Oklahoma, which which I don't remember any of it. But uh, quickly we moved back to Brenham, and that's kind of where uh, my love for sports. You know, she got me involved, and I think soccer was actually my first love at about five or six years old. and you know, t-ball after that and basketball and you know I was in, in, involved in it all uh, like I said I was I was raised by my mom actually never met my dad mm. uh, we'll talk more about that later and you know just how influential coaches were in my life but uh, you know at about seven or eight we uh, we moved in with my grandmother so she had a big part uh, as well in raising me and uh, yeah that, that's that's kind of the gist of my background and, and where I grew up. Well, I know being married to someone from Brenham, I know that uh, sports in Brenham is kind of just, it goes together. So not shocking that you started playing sports at a young age. It seems like that's uh, that's what Brenham's known for, especially baseball, which we will talk a little bit about here in a minute. But um, before we get into more about sports, I just want to kind of throw this out there at the beginning. Um, you know, ask you about your faith. You mentioned growing up was in the home of single mom and then moving with your grandparents. So what was the faith like growing up? And then at what point did you, Chase, say, you know what, I need a relationship with Jesus? Uh, well, you know, my, my mother raised me in a church. Mm-hmm. I grew up at, you know, First Baptist in, in Brenham there. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I remember at a young age recognizing my own sin and kind of started asking questions. And, you know, my my mother always was a great job at, you know, modeling uh, what a godly woman should look like. Mm. But nine or ten, I started recognizing my brokenness and my own sin. So I started asking questions. And, you know, she pointed me in the direction of our, our pastor there. And we had a conversation. And I was baptized soon after that Uh but I don't think I really 
understood what it was like, uh, you know, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and, and live out that faith actively. But uh, I was baptized at a young age and, mm-hmm. and knew I needed, you know, Jesus Christ as, as my Savior. Yeah. So and then obviously, you you know, at, at an age like age 10, you get, you know, you you recognize that, but, you know, you said you really didn't fully grasp it. At what point did you, did it really become real, if that makes sense? Oh, man. I, right. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, you know, honestly, for me, you know, we hadn't talked about this yet, but I have three small kids, mm-hmm. and, uh, a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a three-year-old. And, uh, you know, after, you know, went to college and played baseball and, you know, after college trying to figure out what I wanted to do and wasn't really sold on uh, being a high school coach. And uh, so I stuck around for a year and I was the volunteer uh, grad assistant there and, and, and coached at Texas A&M Corpus Christi for a year. And then finally got a, co- a phone call from my high school baseball coach, Jim Long, saying that they had a spot and, you know, it was a lot of guaranteed money, something that, you know, coaching in the college ranks, you got to put in your time and work your way up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So it was something that uh, I jumped on right away. But, uh, you know, quickly after that, we had our first kid, Tatum. Uh, she's our oldest and our girl. And, you know, everything was was great, and I, and I felt real comfortable in my life. And uh, we decided to have another kid, and we started that process, and it happened a lot quicker than, than we thought. And here comes kid number two and we, we think everything's great. And, uh, the night after Max was born, uh, we slept through the night and that, that morning we had some visitors and they didn't bring Max back when they should, uh, kind of with the scheduled time. And, you know, later on that day, we found out that they were, they were thinking that he had down syndrome. And, Mm. you know, in that moment I was just completely wrecked. And, uh, you know, I remember walking out of the hospital room and, and calling Coach Williams, uh, who I believe you've had on, mm-hmm. and uh, with my high school coach, uh, assistant at the time. You know, later on I worked underneath him. But, uh, you know, at that time in my life, I just – he was the first person I called. Um, you know, I needed some direction. I, I felt like I went to him for a lot of things throughout my life, and he never, never steered me wrong. But, you know, in that moment I was playing – the next 30 years in my head trying to figure out what I was going to do and why this happened to me. And, yeah. you know, it was honestly that, that, that moment, that milestone in my life where I just felt like, you know, God grabbed me and, and my attention and he, he really got a hold of me. And, you know, Lanny, you know, like he always does, pointed me in, in, in the direction of Jesus Christ and he sat there and prayed with me. Uh, you know, I think he stopped what he was doing and made the drive to College Station from Brenham and, uh, you know, spent a few hours with me that day. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it took a while uh, for me to to accept that and, and get over it. But, you know, honestly, since that moment on, I, I felt uh, just the need to, to have a personal relationship and, and direction and, and walk uh, with Christ. Wow, I can't, I can't imagine. It. I mean, just hearing you share that story because I know we didn't even talk much about that leading up to this. So I'm sitting here trying to process different emotions as a dad, um, just what right. that, especially in the hospital, what that would be like. 
Um, but I, I, I wanted to say, kind of as a side note, you mentioned Lanny Williams, and yes, he was a previous guest. So if you're listening, um, I just looked it up um, while Chase was talking, episode 32. You will definitely be encouraged. The the little glimpse that Chase gave you of Lanny Williams is is just a taste of his enthusiasm and fire for the Lord. So um, yeah, go go listen to that episode um, next, and I promise you you will be encouraged. So thanks for letting me f- mention that, Chase. So, Absolutely. so you you said going through that process is when you know you you have a guy like Coach Williams points you to Jesus and and that kind of. Um, so that was Max's how old? Four years. He's four now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and and you have a third, right? We do. We have a third. Uh, you know, that was a, a leap of faith in itself. Wow. You know, we uh, was totally blindsided by Max, and everything went great with the the, the first birth of our uh, daughter Tatum. And you know, we never ran any other test, uh, the prenatal, the pretest. Mm-hmm. They run the screenings for that stuff. We didn't feel the need to. We didn't. You know, obviously it wouldn't change anything, but we uh, just totally blindsided us. Uh, so third kid, we actually, you know, we, we ran the test with decided when we wanted to have our third kid. And, uh, you know, thankfully everything came back that looked like a healthy baby boy. And he uh, he is, and he's great for Max. His name's Cam, and he's three years old. And, you know, they're, they're great friends and love love sports and love getting into trouble and <laughs> mom and dad. That's for sure. <laughs> All boy, huh? All boy. Absolutely. That's good. So let's talk uh, back to baseball just, just for a moment. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about growing up in Brenham and, and it is a, I mean, I would say the baseball capital of the world. Another previous guest, John Peters um, was a, uh, high school phenom coming out of Brenham in the late 80s, and I think he he references Brenham as the baseball capital of the world. So long history. I know when I was preparing to interview Coach Williams, I saw where Brenham High School has made the playoffs for 35 consecutive years. So talk about growing up um, in a town like Brenham, loving baseball, but – Sure. You know, is there was there any added pressure playing baseball in Brenham? Because I mean, thirty five years straight in the playoffs and still going is 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 right. quite is quite the um, quite the streak. So talk about that, and if there's any pressure that goes with that. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily pressure just being a part of Brenham baseball. I think I've always, you know, any competitor puts a little bit of pressure on mm-hmm. himself, but. I don't know if I felt the added pressure of the history and the, the rich tradition of Brenham, but I can say that I was definitely bit by the bug <laughs> from an early age. That you know, my mom she used to take tickets at the game, and I was always around the ballpark and even at the football stadium. Uh, it was something that grabbed a hold of me that I wanted to be a part of, and uh, you know, I'm I'm proud to be a Brenham Cub and always will be, and I'm super super thankful I had the opportunity uh, to be a part of that program as a player and as a coach. Yeah. So you've already talked a little bit about your journey into coaching, how that, how that came about being a volunteer assistant and then coming back to Brenham and you're now a head coach. I mentioned the intro, you're a head coach um, 
in the Houston area. So how long have you been a head coach? Uh, this is actually my first year. Oh, wow. Uh, I actually came to Pearland to be an assistant coach, a varsity assistant. And I think two Saturdays before school started, the head guy here uh, got hired on as an assistant coach at Rice University. Oh, wow. And, uh, with everything happening so late, you know, I was they, they named me the head coach. And, you know, here we are. Uh, I was actually able to bring an assistant in and, you know, there was a transition period there just trying to figure out where everything is and how things are run and, yeah. you know, who do I have to help and, you know, getting to know people. But I'm starting to settle in a little bit and building some relationships and feeling better about it each day. Wow. So at the time that we're recording this is kind of week one, if you will, the season playing your first game. So um, what's the outlook of, of, of this upcoming season? You know, I think the, the if you ask anybody in the area, they tell you that I, uh, you know, fell into a pretty good spot. You know, Pearland's a, a hotbed for baseball and mm-hmm. sports in general. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I, I have a, a group of guys that have been playing together, and a lot of them on varsity since they were, you know, sophomores. And so I have a... a uh, a junior and senior class that have kind of been knocking on the door that have made some playoff runs and actually got beat by Deer Park two years ago, who was a state champion, and then last year by a really good Kingwood team. And uh, so they're all back and, and hungry. So, you know, I, I think uh, we're moving in the right direction. I like our guys. I like that they've been there and they've kind of seen it and done it. And uh, we feel good about where we're at right now. That's good. That's awesome. We'll be – I know I'll be – kind of keep an eye on on I love to follow high school sports and as I've met different guys just through this podcast I, I find myself um, with the beauty of social media and the internet is following different teams and so I'll definitely uh, be keeping an eye on on you this season so let me ask you um, what would you say I know your career as a coach is still young and kind of just getting started if you will but what would you say even going back to the playing days maybe, would be your greatest memory or accomplishment? Uh, well, I had a lot of great experiences, like I said, mm-hmm. playing in Brenner and, and even in college, you know, playing in a state championship, playing in, the, in football, playing in the state tournament in baseball, as well as when I went back to coaching Brenham, you know, we won the state championship in baseball in 2010. I was a sub-varsity coach, uh, and I was actually the varsity wide receivers coach when we played in the state championship in 2013 I believe and you know all those are are great great memories and had such a good experience there but you know the biggest things that I take away that stick with me the most our biggest memories and accomplishments for me are just you know the relationships with the kids and you know when they come back to see you or they call you up when when they're having struggles in their life you know that's something that that far outweighs the the state tournament appearances or the state championship appearances that those are pretty special to me yeah oh absolutely so let's kind of flip the table a little bit and uh maybe is there a i don't like to use the word disappoint but maybe a big a a challenge that's kind of sticks out to you so far right uh you know I've, i've listened to your past few podcasts and it's come up a couple times and it's so true in my life uh 
you know, as competitors, you know, everybody that's in sports and, and coaches and, and players, uh, the same, just finding our identity mm. in our sport, the wins and losses. And, you know, that's something that I struggle with all the time that, you know, my wife has to constantly give me reminders. And, uh, you know, that, that is a big struggle still to this day. You know, I think I'm maturing a little bit, you know, as I get a little older and I try to see the bigger picture, but, you know, it's, it's, you take one on the chin uh, any given night and you can't help but let, let those feelings start to creep in and take a hold of you. Yeah. You mentioned that about, you know, previous guests, and that that is it's, – it's very interesting to me. I've learned a lot. Um, I've always heard, you know, as a, as a believer, you know, your identity is in Christ. It's not what you do. It's who you are. You know, I've heard that for years, but in, in starting this podcast and interviewing – different athletes and, and coaches. And I've no, I knew that it was a, more of a struggle in athletics, but I didn't realize um, the depth of it. Um, I've, you know, I've really learned a lot, like you said, the last few guests, because that's, that's been the common theme. Um, and it seems like people hit this, kind of get a fork in the road when they're dealing with that identity. And when their identity goes too, too far into the athletics, it leads to um, a you know, in a lot of cases, guys have talked about um, either themselves or teammates or colleagues has led to a long road of addiction, um, trying to cope with that identity versus, you know, finding identity in Christ. So um, I appreciate you mentioning that because that's just a constant reminder, I think, for all of us. That's good. Sure. I, I want to touch on something real quick. You bet. With that. I remember uh, uh, just after – my last collegiate season and uh you know just like you know every college baseball player you know hoping and praying that that I get drafted and have the opportunity to keep playing and uh it didn't work out for me but I remember really struggling uh for a year or so after that because you know your whole life you've grown up an athlete Mm -hmm. you played the game and all of a sudden you know it's taken away from you and somebody you know, it tells you you're not good enough to play anymore. I think that happens for everybody. But for me, it was something that I really struggled with. So, uh, again, you know, just having my identity rooted in the wrong things, and uh, it was it was a struggle. Yeah, that's good. That's a good good, good reminder. So you've, you've talked a, quite a bit about your family. So I'm going to ask you about um, balance. Um, a head, especially a head coach, it's it's more than a, a, a full time job. I mean, it's it's a lot. So, how do you balance your career as a head coach with being a husband and also being a, a dad of three little ones? Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I, my wife is is the ultimate coach's wife. She's great, uh, Haley. She. Uh, I think, you know, that coaching staff there in Brenham, they did so many things the right way. And Coach West did such a good job of putting the staff together that, uh, you know, and we were always around each other. The wives and the kids were always playing together. So she she kind of got to be mentored by, you know, Coach West's wife and, and all the other wives on that coaching staff. So she understands the commitment that, that we have to our players and to our job and, you know, she's awesome about it. So without her, you know, it, it, it would definitely make things a lot more difficult. Uh, she tries to make every game that she can. She's got the kids out there every chance she gets. 
And so that means a lot to me. So I know that she's uh, invested just like I am. But uh, honestly, you know, it's a struggle. You know, finding as a head coach, just uh, the uh, odds and ends, and it's hard not to take stuff home when you've had a bad day or, you know, something doesn't go the way you want it to. But uh, just for me, it's constantly, you know, putting that before God in prayer and, and telling him, you know, my struggles and admitting that I need help. And, you know, that's the only thing that, that helps me there and brings a sense of peace and direction in that area of my life. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's all, I think it's priorities, right? Right. That's good. So I mentioned in the intro, um, as an organization, our mission statement, but I'm going to read it again or share it again and then ask a question um, related to it. But when we started in 2015 um, with the idea that sports unite, sports brings people together. So we came up with kind of, who we want to be known as, and it's that all in sports outreach exists to share the hope and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and promote unity and racial reconciliation. We threw that in there because we, we started in, in, in my hometown in Selma, Alabama, um, which got a long history, obviously. At the, um, and so, you know, looking at not just Selma, but as, as a culture in our countries, we're very divided in, in sports is a uniter. So I want to ask in your playing career, coaching career, you know, how how have you seen sports bring people together where people put away, even if it's just for a couple hours a day, put away um, any race, socioeconomic status, religion, whatever that could divide. How have you seen sports bring people together? Sure. Uh, I think I got to witness it, you know, firsthand in Brenham. Uh, you know, it's just a great mix, a great community of different races. And like you said, socioeconomic status and, you know, the community gets behind their kids, you know, as well as, you know, the players. And I think it's a big part of Brenham's success. And, you know, I was drawn to Fairland being in the area. I kind of saw this a similar, a bigger Brenham, as big as the town is just the way they get behind their sports and their kids and, and support, you know, athletics. And they understand, you know, what that brings to, you know, kids' high school, uh, just their high school experience. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty special when a community, you know, puts aside, like you said, all their differences, races. doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. And yeah. they get out there and support a group of, you know, 20 to 40, whatever sport it may be. They get behind them and, 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 you know, watch that group as they're trying to reach their, their common goal. That's good. That's good. So I always like to ask, especially coaches, this question. It's um, you being a coach in a, in a public school. It's no secret that um, it's not always easy to live out boldly your faith. Um, and we have a lot of um, student athletes and coaches that listen. So I'm going to ask you to offer some advice to them that, you know, if they're out there, they want to use their platform they have in athletics to live out their faith, to be a, a shining light. So what, in, what encouragement would you offer them um, in a time when it's not as easy to do it? Right. Uh, well, for me, I, I know what it looks like for me, and it's, 
you know, I think I heard this the other day in, in, a, in a sermon. It's we make our commitments and our commitments make us. So for me, when I uh, when I have the most peace and direction in my life, it's when I make that conscious choice to, uh, you know, pick up the cross daily and follow him. And so I got to make time to, to carve out time daily to spend in prayer and spend in the word. And uh, so for me, it's just making that commitment. Uh, you know, a, a few years ago at, at coaching school, at Texas high school coaching school, I, I think Max Lucado was, was doing a speech and uh, something that he said that stuck with me. He mentioned uh, if we don't take the time to spend in prayer and spend time with the Lord, it's, it's kind of like forgetting to take a bath. We start mm. to stink. And I, that's true in my life. Wow. So, I find, you know, that I'm I'm more aligned and what, what with my walk in Christ and what I'm doing and my daily actions. If I if I take that time and commitment to uh, to spend some time with Him, that's good. You know, that's a pretty simple analogy, but but I like that because I know what it smells like when people don't bathe. Right. <laughs> you know, and so you don't want to be that person. So that's a very um, real life analogy of the importance of of prayer and relationship with Christ. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. That's a good one. Um I know a lot of people have a favorite scripture or a life verse. So I wanted to ask if you have one or is there a scripture that maybe God's shown you recently um that you'd share with us? Sure. Uh it's I think it was from the same sermon the other day and it just goes along with you know, what I've been talking about, and it's Psalms 119, uh, 9 through 11, and it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let mm. me not wander from your commandments. Uh, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Well, that's good. And it's just a, a great scripture, and it's essential for me in understanding uh, God's purpose for me in my life. Yeah, that's good. That's a good reminder um, of the importance of Scripture. I like that. Very good. So you, you've you touched on this last question I like to ask people. You've kind of, I think, answered it pretty well already, but um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there and see if there's anything you want to add. Um, you hear, We hear the term in sports, all in, kind of this rally cry. Um, I know Clemson's had it on their... Um, chin straps. I had a guest on a few weeks ago. She's a women's basketball coach, and she, she uh, we did a video recording, and she's wearing a T-shirt with their school logo, and it says "All In" across it. So we know what it means um, in in the sports world. But when we started, the organization was based off of a basketball camp we did down in Belize, and the theme was "All In." Till we took it from Colossians three seventeen, where Paul, I'm paraphrasing here, basically says. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so our our thought behind that being the theme in, in the main verse is that, you know, the Bible's clear. Whatever you do, whether you're thinking it or saying it, doing it, you know, you need to do it as if you're doing it for God, which is uh, all, all the way. So what does it look like for Chase, for Coach Wheaton to be all in in his walk with Christ? Well, like you said, I think I've already touched on it, and uh, I 
elaborate a little more, but, you know, just we make our commitments and our commitments make us. And for me, I know, you know, every my alarm goes off at 4.50 every morning and I start drinking my coffee and <laughs> I get my iPhone and before I open up any social media or check the weather or anything, I, I go straight to my Bible app mm. and uh, spend some time in his word. And uh, I think... You know, Scripture is the primary way God leads us. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives a picture from everything, the marriage to stewarding friendships and family and how to parent. Uh, so for me, if I, if I don't make that time in the morning, like I said, I just I feel like I start to stink. I, I feel like I drift further and further away from uh, who I want to be and who he's calling me to be. That's good. Very good. I like that. Just a very good... Good reminder that really the first thing we should do before our feet hit the floor is is spending time with God. That's good. Um, that'll I know for me I can tell my, how my day goes. Um, I can kind of look back and see how it started. <laughs> and right. if I and if I start it the right way, I can. It seems like everything just may not be a perfect day or the, or the best day, but how I react to the day is different. So that's good. I appreciate that. Well, man, I know it's a busy time with uh, three kids and, and baseball season, so I appreciate uh, um, you taking a few minutes to, to share your story. Yes, sir. Thanks, Stuart. Well, I'm so glad you got to hear from Chase, just an incredible young man on fire for Christ, loves his family, loves others, just Again, so much in this episode as he opened up about his son that was born with Down syndrome and they didn't know until his son was born. And the first call he makes is to Coach Lanny Williams, his high school coach, and Lanny drops what he's doing, drives from Brenham to College Station, prays with Chase, and points Chase to Jesus. And that was an incredible moment in Chase's life that um, transformed him into the man he is today. Um, but one of the things Chase said that I thought was really good that I wrote down, he said, you know, we make our commitments and our commitments make us. That was a, a good encouragement for me. And then the scripture he shared from Psalm 119 about the power of God's word. So I hope you were encouraged by Chase and his story. I would encourage you, as we always do, to share these episodes with family and friends because we believe that stories are powerful. Everybody has a story. You have a story. I have a story. Chase has a story. Everybody has a story. The more we tell our stories, the more we point people to Jesus through our stories, the more people fall in love with the same Jesus that you and I love. We love hearing from you. Um, please go to our social media sites on Facebook. It's All In Sports Outreach. You can interact with us there, keep up to date, find out ways you can pray for us, serve with us, and to give. Go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, find out who we are, why we do what we do, interact with us, find out opportunities to pray for us, serve with us, and to give. The last thing I'm going to ask you, is to leave us a review on iTunes. Go, go leave us that five-star review. The more reviews we get, the greater the platform we're given through media to continue sharing these stories and pointing people to Jesus and encouraging them to love God and to love others. As always, 
we, we covet your prayers. We're thankful for your constant encouragement. Thank you for listening.